Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth. Welcome to Callaway Golf Podcast. Jeff Newbarth here once again, broadcasting from the home uh, studio here in Del Mar, California, but really excited to be joined by someone who I get to spend some time with uh, at the Amex in January, and Kevin Nott, that feels like 17,000 years ago. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it seems like with doing nothing and not being able to get out of the house, uh, it feels like a long time since I've been on the golf course. Exactly, and you like to play a lot. You know, you're, you're, you're one of these players who, who doesn't just hit the minimums. You, you play quite a bit of golf. What's it been like uh, sort of with this sort of forced uh, kind of time off in the middle of a busy part of the season? Yeah, you know, I used to play a lot in my younger days. Uh, in the last probably six or seven years, I probably averaged about 26 events a year. Uh, last year was the least amount of tournaments I played. The last season I played 19 because of some injuries. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I really love playing golf, and I, I love being up to it. But it's been a big adjustment in my life. Um, I've never had this kind of forced time off before. Uh, and and it's, it's different. And even when I'm having my time off in the offseason, you know, I take a month off and then I go practice. But I haven't even done that even. So, it's been an adjustment. Um, I'm trying to enjoy it, being home, spend more time with the kids, uh, trying to find activities to do, but still, it's not the same. No, not for sure. And reminder on the Callaway Golf Podcast, if you haven't subscribed, uh, we'd love you to subscribe. You can also watch us on YouTube. Uh, and today, we're going to be putting this one out right after we recorded on Facebook uh, as a Facebook non-live. Uh, nothing that's going live is actually working after like five minutes, like when we did with Matt Walser, that it just craps out. So we're going to do it this way. But I do have a ton of questions. But the first question I have to ask, because it's the number one question I get asked about you is, I know the answer, but can you explain what WAAC stands for? Because I love it. Uh, WAAC is a, clo- uh, is a clo- Korean clothing brand. The mother company is Kolon, uh, K-O-L-O-N. And it, it stands for win at all costs. So nice. it, it's, it's, a, it's a golf clothing company that, you know, is all about winning. And um, I believe it or not, our players that they've signed, um, they've all won since they wore the brand. All won. And, um, every year we've had anywhere from uh, six to eight wins uh, as, as a team, uh, team-wide. Yeah, well, win at all costs, great motto, especially in times like this, right, when uh, we all need to kind of do what everyone's telling us to do to, to help, uh, you know, deal with this situation that we have this pandemic. But look, we're not going to talk about that here. We're looking to provide a little bit of a distraction for everybody. So let's get into some golf questions. I had a lot of them. Uh, some I think are going to kind of get you thinking a little bit here. So um, this is the most popular question. So I apologize to everybody. By the way, your golf clubs are moving on their own. It's almost <laughs> like as if there's there's a small child there. Um this is pretty awesome. Uh, this this one, Molten from THP asked this, but Kevin, this got asked by like 20 or 30 different people. I'm just not going to read all their names. They want to hear the history of walking it in. How did it start and why are you so darn good at it? Uh, I think I'm good at it because I've had a lot of practice. I've, I've started this as a junior golfer as a kid, um, playing in Southern California, CPGA to the AJGA. And um, I've always kind of done it since as a kid. Uh, you know, when I think it's, it's especially on the shorter one, when I think as soon as I hit it, I know it's a good putt, I kind of chase after and reach for it. And I've done it my whole life and throughout my professional career. And it really caught on, obviously, at BC when, when, when Tiger imitated me and all of imitated uh, some of the, you know, did some memes about it. And, um, you know, that's when it started really taking off. But I've been, I've been doing it for a long time and I, I, I like doing it. It's fun. It kind of caught on. It became my trademark. I like it. Yeah. 
And, and earlier today on your Instagram account, you posted uh, some highlights of walking in. So if people haven't checked it out, make sure you follow Kevin on Instagram and, and check out the walking in. I think it's perfect. I mean, I don't see why, like, has anyone ever kind of reacted negatively to you for it? I, I think it's awesome. People love it. And, and you have players yeah. that play. Um, I mean, there might be like almost no spectators out there. It might be like on the third hole, Thursday morning, you know, 7.30 tea time. And I do it, right. and I do it out of a reaction. And the guys just get a kick out of it. Guys, fellow competitors just laughing. Man, some of the guys that haven't seen it live is like, man, I've seen it on TV or on social media, but first time seeing it live, it's kind of funny. It's kind of cool, and they they, they enjoy it. Yeah, and we have a piece of content. We're not going to say when it's coming out because obviously everything's kind of up in the air with how we're doing things. Where you actually gave lessons to how to walk it in. So if you want to learn how to do this, stay with us here at Callaway Golf on all of our social channels, and we will teach you, Kevin will teach you how to walk it in, because you don't want to do it wrong. Like, I think if you did this wrong, it, it could be like catastrophic to your golf game and your enjoyment with, with your playing. You got to do it the right way, you know? Yes, the secret is going to be out. All right, let's get to uh, a question. I want to ask this one, McLovin from the THP. He was uh, the losing captain of the granddaddy, but they all lose every time they play against us, Kevin. Um, asked about sort of slow play. And, and look, you have had uh, sort of a front row seat in this whole slow play thing. At one point, uh, the media sort of ganged up on you a little bit, I think it's fair to say, as someone who was sort of slow. And, and you've made amazing strides in, in that. What do you think about the slow play issue? And what do you think needs to be done to try to fix it? Because, you know, you're a testament that that pace of play can be improved. Yes. Um, obviously, I've had some issues. I've had, I was a little bit on the slower side, but then also I had the yips that obviously the whole world saw. Usually when guys go through yips, they fall off the map and nobody plays yet. But I was playing some of my best golf in the yips, but I'll get away from that part. And But, uh, yes, there's a lot of things you can do. You, the number one thing is being there when it's your turn. When it's your turn to hit, when other people are hitting, make sure you get the numbers. Make sure you, you know, figure out what club you want in. So when it's your turn, you have to be ready. Also, um, when, it, when you're playing, it, um, when you're putting, you know, don't – I like to give putts inside of two feet, you know. You don't have to putt every putt out. Give putts. Be, be more friendly. And when, if you're still – if you're not going to be in other people's way, finish out. Finish out the three-footers. I know on tour it's different when we're playing. When we're playing on greens that are 12 and 10, and when we're playing for a lot of money, it's a different. But try to finish out those three-footers. That also helps the uh, pace of the play going. The other thing I think that, you know, when I look at, at slow play, I think it's set up sometimes too, and, and especially in, in the tour. So, like, let's just take, you know, I live about a mile and a half. You know, if you look through this wall here, you'd see Torrey Pines if you went about a mile and a half. And when you get to the sixth hole in Torrey Pines, it's an automatic wait because every single one of you guys can pretty much, you know, unless the wind's crazy or cold, you guys can go for it in two. But the odds of three people, especially on Thursday, Friday, all of them hitting that green in two are, are not great. And then what ends up happening is you have really difficult, you know, chip shots or approaches and it takes time and stuff. So I, I think to me, I don't have a problem with slow golf on, on, on the PGA tour as much as I do in amateur golf, because at the end of the day, if, the tour's on for three hours. It still ends within the three-hour window. It's not like it goes longer than that. And you guys are playing for your life and your livelihoods and stuff. You know, like, I think setup has a big part of it, too. Yes. I've also joked about somebody when, when I had some issues to play about them giving me a hard time. I said, look, if you're my fellow competitor, give me a hard time. I'll take it. I don't think I'm affecting your couch time. Being quite slow. But – to go back to what you said about setup, when you have 156 players, 
platine it up in a tour event or, uh, you know, the average field is 144, our biggest field is 156. And 156 with a 10 minute interval, there's gonna have times where guys have to move, they, they search for a ball or like a par five or a park drop on par four. And it, you can, there's nothing you can do about it. But when you have a smaller field event, like the world championship, you have 72 players, we really don't have that issue. It, the pace of play becomes a lot faster. So the amount of players that play have an effect in that. And also, like I talked about earlier about greens being speed of 12, and you have to mark those three footers. And we're playing for a lot of money. Um, all these things factor into, you can't help to sometimes the players have to take their time. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, let's get some other questions to Catalyst. Our good buddy wants to know, do you have a shot from a PGA tournament you consider your personal favorite? What is it and why? Hmm. Um, there's got to be a few that I've pulled off. I think I've pulled a one off getting up and down on the hazard ball was half and half out of New Orleans back in the old days of English term. Um, and I splashed it out to about 10 feet and make par. It was one of my greatest par saves. And obviously some putts, key clutch putts helped me to win a golf tournament. Like the putt I made on 17, my uh, most recent win at the Shriners Hospital for Children Open on 17, I had about a 22 foot for a par. And um, that, that putt was probably one of my best putts I've hit uh, because of, uh, of the situation I was in. So yeah, there's definitely shots like that. But I think sometimes you remember some bad ones too. <laughs> and uh, obviously my 16 I made at Valero, Texas Open. Uh, and I couldn't get out of the trees, all those shots in the trees. Uh, I've hit, sorry to go to the negative side, but I've hit two halls of rockets in my career. One at Greenbrier <laughs> for one, out of the rough. Out of the rough is kind of, I have an excuse, but I hit one at Sony Open at um, on the par three number seven off a tee. It was off, off a tee? Off a tee. I hit my first time of the year that year. And I hit it straight off the hole on number six. And I, on my second shot, I remember having 79 yards to the hole. The Shotlink guys must have loved that. <laughs> Is that was, was it at least a broken tee so we could at least blame something? Oh, uh, no. There was, no, there was no, no excuse. No excuse. Oh, my goodness. And it was a ball because it was off a tee. Yeah, really? Oh, God, there's got to be some type of excuse we can come up with. That's crazy. That's crazy. I always find it funny how, with different players, what they remember. You know, like I always have this vision of, of what I think is amazing about all you pro golfers is you all remember every, basically every shot you've ever hit, you know, and, and like when or or even not the shots, the holes. Like we do things with content where I'll be like, hey, take us through at, at um, you know, pick a golf course that they would play and give me, you know, the horrible horseshoe at Colonial. Walk me through those three holes and like like that. It's like you guys are there. But the memory of the bad shots is is just so crazy. I think and my theory is because you guys don't have many of them. Ooh, not many shanks. That's at least uh, well, not many shanks or 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 crazy holes like Valero. I mean, that was just nuts. I remember watching that. Yeah, I mean, you play long enough. Um, you have some holes and you have some some shots that, that you hit some really bad ones. I've you know I've been playing took the PG for seventeen years, and I tell some of these no. younger kids, I say, hey, uh, you know that hole right there over there, there's a hazard, or over there, there's out of bounds. They go, wait. Because the next time you go there, look about 50 yards left of the fairway, you'll see a hazard. It's hidden. (laughs) So (laughs) I've been in a lot of places that uh, some of these young kids haven't. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, look, we have a couple questions about it, so I'll dive into those now. Um, You know, you were 18 when you earned your your tour card. And and there's so many, you know, to me, one of the, the measurements of greatness is longevity and consistency. 
and and the the fact that you've been out there for 17 years uh, and don't have um, you know I mean guys who who have that experience are normally just about getting ready for the Champions Tour, right? Um, what was it like in those early years? Did did family travel with you from tournament to tournament? Because it has to be you know unique when you're that much younger than a lot of uh, your playing competitors. Yeah, I remember my first year as a pro, I played the Asian Tour at the age of 18, and. Uh, you know, my parents helped out a lot. My father caddied for me. Uh, my mother helped out with travel. Um, it was a team effort, and I had a lot of help. And then uh, I got on the PGA Tour. I played the European Tour a little bit and the Asian Tour, both tours when I was 19. And then when I turned 20, I got my PGA Tour card. And the first few years, my parents, were, again, they were, they were like the managers, and then they were the, you know, the team uh, helping me out get through these travels. It was difficult. And then once, you know, I learned how to travel on my own, uh, I started traveling with managers, and uh, now I always remember being the youngest, the youngest player out there. All these guys were older than me. I, it was hard to relate against me. All these older guys having kids, they have a family. Here I am, you know, I should be in college. Here I am on tour, uh, trying to survive. And um, when I used to go play some events in Asia, I remember, you know, being having the Korean heritage, Korean culture. You know, you bow to the oldest. You know, you say, you know, I remember doing that to everybody. Now. I <laughs> I go play the Korean Open. All these guys that I don't know, they, all these young kids, they come, uh, they, they all come out of me. <laughs> so I, I started to realize, oh, I'm, I'm actually getting old. Yeah, it's come full circle, right? Yeah. But don't you think that 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 part of the measurement of success is longevity? The fact that that you know you're 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 certainly not one of the older guys on tour, but you've been out there as long as a lot of the the, the grizzled veterans. You know, players like Phil, who you know approaching fifty this year. Who, who, you know, he won as an amateur, uh, the Tucson Open. Um, yeah. I, I just think that longevity is, is another measurement of success that needs to be listed right up there with, with whatever other measurements you want to use. Yeah, you know, I've been very thankful to be, being, a, you know, being on tour for seven years and not having to lose my tour card. Um, I've always been a hard worker. I've always tried to be smart about what to work on my game. And um, I think also I've, had, I've been through times where I've really struggled off the tee or I really struggled with something. But it felt like my short game was always kind of right there for me. I think that's what kept me on tour for all these years because even though I hit it, yeah, I hit it bad. I, I found a way to put a number, post a number, and um, be able to be be able to make cuts. And uh, I think that was the key to my longevity career. Yeah, and being able to have those those tournaments when you're on Sunday afternoon and you're like, hey, if I can grind through these next six holes and turn this position T34 to T20, if you do that enough yeah. times during the year that just adds up and, 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 and really helps you keep, you know, FedEx cup points and, and money list and keeps, keeps things going. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I, I played the tour long, but I started playing with their and then the sun came along. Like I played with Jay <laughs> Craig Sadler, Kevin Sadler, Bob Toy, Kevin Toy, all these guys that, you know, I played first start of the tour with playing their father. And then now I'm playing, I'm competing against their sons. That's kind of cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that's definitely kind of cool. That's that's something. It's one golf and baseball probably the only two sports you kind of see that with when you get uh, some of the repeat generations. All right, I want to ask you uh, favorite club in your bag. I see it sitting there right behind you. What's what's your favorite club in your bag? Oh, uh, I'll show you. I'll show you this putter, right? Yeah, so that's a Toulon design putter. Toulon design, Madison. Give you a closer look. So why is that one why is that one so so special for you besides the fact that you make everything with it? 
Well, I think this is the reason. Uh, after I went to this putter, I, I started putting really well. I started right at match play last year here. Um, at the time, I had the steel shaft, and then I put the, yeah. I put the shaft in the following week after match play. And this putter is, I think, helped me get to my win number four. Obviously, before I used this putter, I was at win number one, win one, and then I uh, should two. I'm sorry, I was at two wins, and then I think obviously this putter won me. Uh, the Shriners, I made the, uh, the most number of feet of putts on PGA yeah. Tour history, 558 feet and 11 inches. And um, same with Colonial. I putted amazing that week. So I yeah, Colonial, those, those greens, those greens are so tough at Colonial that you got to be putting well. What I love about the, the Toulon putters is just sort of the craftsmanship. I, I gamed in Atlanta for a while. I'm now using this triple track 10 because if you're going to pull out your putter, I'm going to pull out my putter. I got this triple track 10. And, yeah, and then you have the triple track alignment on. I don't know if you've yeah. got a chance to try it yet, play around with. Uh, Joe Toulon uh, did a little special work on it for me, uh, and by basically all he did was just put the grip on. But yeah, just with this for me, the Stroke Lab shaft and the the triple track ten has been amazing. The Joe, Joe Toulon, by the way, do you follow him on Instagram? He's been killing it the last couple of days. Oh, oh, you got to follow Joey T. I follow I follow Odyssey and I follow the the Toulon the Toulon. Uh, yeah. Uh, is that, the, is that the one? The Toulon one? Yeah, well, yeah, and, and they're posted. But Joe Toulon himself has been posting a lot of stuff. Joe's our Odyssey tour rep who's oh, out there yeah, with I, you guys every single week. Yeah, he's he, been putting out some really cool stuff. He's really helped me with my putting stroke, too. We, we used to do some videos um, before the week, week starts, and uh, we, what mm -hmm. we would do is we would film um, my putt ball coming off the putter and see how it's rolling, and we would adjust, adjust our loft uh, sometimes by looking at that video, and he's been very helpful on tour for me. That's awesome. All right. Last putting question, because putting is the ultimate uh, stay at home practice thing. What is the Kevin Na home putting course setup situation like? Are you you putting through children? You're putting around children? Are you going to, to the backyard for, for what? What are you doing to keep your short game sharp? Um, I do have a little uh, uh, putting putting in the back, obviously. Turf. And then I go yeah. one in the, my master bedroom that I put on, and I put mostly there. It's, a, it's just a flat, you know, 15 feet by six or seven feet, whatever it is. And right. um, I like, Sophia likes to come out and hang out with her. She'll fill up the and pots. And she'll, she'll put her, she'll stand over my line, right? And then I have to put it between her legs to the, to the hole. And she likes that a lot. So I, I, I do a little bit of putting at home. I actually haven't, I haven't practiced since the players, my first round. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't putted. I haven't done anything. I've done a little little workout. I have a I have a bench and a dumbbell that goes fifty pounds. It's, that's all I have, and I can do with that. I've been working out a little bit at home. Well, I would be remiss because I have to eat crow a little bit. I uh, I was dusted this morning by uh, all the PGA Tour pros who rode in the Peloton ride. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you saw it, but uh, Bubba, uh, Rory, Justin Thomas, uh, Billy Horschel was in there. Uh, I think Morgan Hoffman was in there. Morgan Pressel was in there. Uh, and a bunch of us from Team Callaway, uh, from the marketing team, we all rode. And uh, we, uh, we, 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 we kind of got humbled a little bit. But as, as my point is, y'all are professional athletes. You should be. Yeah. I mean, some of us are in better shape than others. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't know how good of a shape Bubba is. But, <laughs> but obviously, there's, yeah, he, there's got to be in good shape. I know, I know he Justin did pretty well today. Pretty well. I, I I do have to say, if I am going to pick a bone, uh, the instructor gives you guidelines of what you're supposed to do. It gives you, you know, speed and cadence guidelines. Of course, if you go outside those guidelines, your numbers are going to be higher. 
I stayed within the guidelines. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> not saying go. who oh, didn't right. stay within the guidelines, but you can probably figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I know there's some some guys like to ride by Camilo Villegas. You know, he's almost at professional level when it becomes riding. And, um, you know, everyone has their hobbies. Some guys are, are you know, are good basketball players like Gary Woodland's a great basketball player. Some great players like Kuchar, Peter Jacobson, Daniel Chopra. Those guys are really uh, table tennis players. So everyone's – me? No. I, if, if it weren't for this, <laughs> yeah. uh, I just yeah. want to know what to do. So what, what do you think your job would be if you wouldn't, you know, if you weren't a professional golfer, you started at this so young and it had been so successful, uh, well, what, what would it have been? I don't think I'd be an athlete. I'd be, I think I'd be a salesman. I think I can sell you something that you don't need. I like it. I, I like buy it. it. Well, good, good. I like, all right, let me get to a few more questions we have from people. A uh, real pretend psychic. I don't know what type of a name that is. Uh, feelings about majors in the fall. Uh, kind of where we are right now is we know the first two majors of the year have been, uh, you know, postponed. Uh, there was a report that came out today in the New York Post saying that the U.S. Open is looking at some later dates, but they've committed to announcing something in April. And obviously the Open Championship, we haven't heard anything from, but I'm sure plans are underway if they have to move it. What do you think about a major season in the fall? I love it. I would love to play the Masters in the fall. And I think it would, look, it would be beautiful out there. I think the temperatures would be somewhat similar to, to the spring. Um, and I think it, it was almost like a suspense, like you wait for the Masters, you know, because it's postponed, you wait, 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 and then play at the fall. I think, I think it might get more attention and people will tune in more because, just because of this buildup, whole buildup, and you have it in the fall. I love it. Yeah. The only thing I wonder is like, could you imagine being on 12 and like you're getting ready to have like a three and a half footer on, on the world's slickest screens and all of a sudden a leaf falls down and like gets in the way, like right as you're trying to putt. I just have this fear of that. But I'm assuming that the folks at Augusta would glue all the leaves onto the trees. So they would look majestic, but they wouldn't actually be really fall leaves. So, you know, it would be kind of a fake thing. Well, they're pine trees. So there's, there's not too many trees with leaves. That's a true. That's true. They have that uh, maintenance crew with that uh, the leaf blower. You know, they wait sometimes, yeah. some years when all these pine, pine cones and pine needles fall on the greens. They literally wait on behind the green every hole. And when it's when groups, they blow all of that off. It's amazing what they do. Yeah, and, and, and Harding Park in the fall could be amazing in San Francisco, too. That, that You uh, actually could get better weather in the fall than you could in, in May, potentially. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be probably even warmer, probably less chance of fog. Um, yeah, it's so beautiful. I think in the fall, that time of the year, it's, it would be amazing. I, yeah, and then what, because the Olympic being postponed, they can use the big day. One of the tournaments can use the Olympic day because that tournament, you know, that it's an open week now. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, the report in the New York Post, and again, it's all speculation at this point. Uh, we're recording this on the twenty seventh of March. Um, said that that the USJ is potentially looking at September. Uh, you know, could you imagine if they had the U.S. Open golf and the U.S. Open tennis within four or five miles of each other at the exact same time? That would be kind of cool. I, mm -hmm. I'd be all into that. That would be very cool. Um, yeah, you can watch you can watch golf in the day and maybe go catch a night game in tennis at night. Exactly. I went last year for the first time in about 20 years, and it's it's awesome, awesome experience. All right, a couple more, and then we're going to uh, kind of wrap this up. Swing away golf. Who was your favorite player growing up? I had a few, um, you know, as a kid, it's like, I think it was, I went to phases where um, different generations and also who, who was winning at the time. 
Uh, Tiger was obviously one of them. Bill Mickelson with his short game. Um, and then uh, when Justin Leonard won the, the, the Open Championship. Uh, those are the guys I can think of right now, those three guys. And uh, obviously Fred Couples was obviously glad he had. So those four, let me see if I can come up with one more. Mm, at four. Uh, tell you what, when when uh, Norman Greg Norman, that's right. When, yeah. when he was he was number one in the world when he was crushing it. The great white shark. I was a big fan of his too. Yeah, I always enjoyed. I, I grew up in South Miami, and used to attend uh, Doral every year. And that was sort of kind of when everyone kind of came together. All the Europeans would make their first starts, and Norman would make his first start. And you would see on like Wednesday or Thursday, the helicopter circling overhead and he would land, you know, on the other golf course at Doral. And it was just kind of like, like kind of the pre-swag entry that, that, that you have. Cause you know, there weren't cameras in the parking lots and stuff. And he's like, I'm just going to come in in my helicopter. And it's, you know, has my logo on the helicopter. It was crazy. He, he definitely was, was a rock star when, when he was sort of dominating. Oh yeah, he was, he was definitely, he still is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Last question uh, from our listening audience here is, from Manifest, uh, what putting drills, when you are practicing, do you do regularly, and which ones would you like to see amateurs practice more so when they're in pro-ams with you, they're seven-putting and annoying you? Uh, there's a couple of things that I, I always do, and this uh, religiously is, the, the number one thing you, you can do is, obviously, two things you gotta do when you do, hit your line with the correct right. So when, short putts is more about hitting your line, hitting it straight, and then long putts is more about so what I do is on five, five to six footers, I have a little little tool that uh, I draw a sharpie and I know exactly where this thing is up, where you can do a chalk line or whatever it is. So you hit this five footer over and over. I hit one on the right to left and a left to right. And it's something that breaks a couple inches outside the hole. Um, and you make sure that every time that your ball starts there on, on a couple inches out. And same with the left to righter. And you keep practicing hitting your line, hitting your line, hitting your line. And that way, your eye and your line, how your putter set up, your line matches up. You keep practicing hitting your spot. And then you go to, you pace out 20 footers, 30 footers, and 40 footers. And you put balls down. And you do up a little bit of, I do, I do uphill and downhill. So I do uphill 20 footers, downhill 20 footers, and to 30 feet and 40 feet. And you get the feel of speed. And if you do those two things, you're definitely going to improve your putter. And how much time when you're practicing do you spend on putting compared to the rest of your game? I wanna I feel like for me, once it's over an hour, I lose I lose focus. I feel like I'm just out there to just out there. So I like to kind of get my focus in one hour and um, and I'll putt for an hour. I actually chip for thirty minutes. I grown up and I feel like chipping is all I've maintained. Um, mm -hmm. and it's kind of always been right there for me. And I hit ball hour, hour and a half. And then, so it's kind of, I guess, you know, short game and, and long game kind of, kind of, the, you know, and then go play nine holes. That's, that, that's a full day for me. Yeah, for sure. And now, you know, your responsibilities as, you know, parents that want to get off the course, right. And spend some time with your family, which, you know, that, that, that has to be a big adjustment compared to when you, you're the early days when you were out there. Oh yeah. You know, before it was, I used to practice a lot. You know, I, I live, I live on the golf course, but now I have to be a little bit more smarter with my time, manage my time, keep my practice short and sweet, and then come home and spend some time with the kids, with the wife. And, um, and I can go weeks without practicing because I can stay busy at home. Um, before, you know, I, what am I going to do at home? I'm, I live out. 
Right. <clears throat> well, the good news is uh, you have time at home right now. So enjoy the time with the family. Uh, make the most of uh, of these times because when golf comes back and it is going to come back, you know, it's going to be uh, who knows what the schedule will be trying to cram a bunch of events. in. I think they could do some really creative things. I'd love to see them take, you know, certain cities like whether it's, uh, you know, Byron Nelson and Colonial and play one big combo event that sort of serves as two appearances for everybody and double the fields, play both golf courses, and then meet up on the weekend, plenty of Colonial, you know, on Sunday and play one at uh, Trinity on Saturday. Who knows? Just do some crazy stuff. I think it could be kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, I like it. Change it up. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we got to try to make the, the, the best of uh, a situation that obviously right now isn't great, but uh, hopefully we'll improve. Kevin, uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the Callaway Golf Podcast. Some upcoming guests we have Monday, we're going to be joined by Adam Hadwin. Uh, so if you have anything you want me to ask Adam with Kevin, I'll wait till we're done here and you can kind of quiz me on it. And then Maverick McNeely, we're hoping to get him on late next week. And the one that I'm really excited for is, uh, do, do you follow any of the Music Monday stuff, Kevin, on, on Twitter? I don't do Twitter. I don't do Twitter. Okay. Well, M- Music Monday, a lot of folks go out there. I think it's on Instagram too. Uh, people just go out there and they just kind of, you know, do their own, you know, kind of music stuff. Well, Eric Van Royen owned it last week. Uh, he played a little ACDC, You Shook Me All Night Long, just owned the guitar solo from his house. So he's going to join us uh, hopefully on April 6th. We're trying to get this all dialed in where we will take requests from people live and we'll see how good a musician Eric Van Royen can be. Yeah, you know, we got to try to entertain people as much as we can during this time when we don't have golf. And uh, look, we have some great content on our Callaway channels coming out all the time today. In fact, uh, if you want to know what a mashup would be of Phil Mickelson and Pro Tracer and Phil teaching you how to hit bombs, available. So go check that out at callawaygolf.com uh, and all of our social channels. And Kevin, now again, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Really, really appreciate it. Enjoy it. All right. Well, stay safe, keep your family safe, and we will talk to you on Monday on the Callaway Golf Podcast.